This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Welcome to Pass the Mic. I'm your co-host, Jamar Tisby, and we have some special guests with us today. As always, we have Tyler Burns. What up, Tyler? Jamar, how's it going, brother? It's going really well. I'm excited because of the brother we also have with us, BJ. What's going on, my G? Hey, man. Glad to be here with you. How you doing? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm excited about this conversation that we're about to have today. So there's been, I mean, I mean, it's a broader conversation. So we'll 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 range beyond this. But part of the impetus for us three getting on the phone, or uh, on the call together, is what's been going on with Dr. James White. He originally posted a post on Facebook, and that garnered a lot of attention, particularly from African Americans and their allies in racial justice. And so that's been an ongoing type of saga on social media. These things spark up every now and again. This too shall pass. But we wanted to get on this um, on past the mic because it's a teachable moment. You know, how can we learn from what's happening here? What are the issues that we see? What are the questions that arise? And as a body, as believers, how can we learn from this moment and come together in solidarity, in unity, even in the midst of diversity? So, so that's what we got mm-hmm. going. But uh, Tyler, man, you, 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 thought about this and you've uh, come up with some some questions and some directions that we need to go, man, uh, you know, just kick it off for us. Yeah, I just want to say from the outset, man, I just want to shout out some people who have really um, just encouraged us over the past week or two. Um, just some quick names, man. We could probably do the entire podcast of just shouting people out who have yep. just said some positive things about Pastor Mike, um, both to our to our faces and on social media. But just want to shout out a couple of people, man. Chris Coleman, like my brother Chris Coleman. Shout out to you, brother. We see you posting the show. Um, shout out to Joseph Michael, who we just met last week. Said some really exciting things about the podcast. Um, shout out to my sister, Grace Ann Halverson Alexander. Thank you so much for your encouragement. Also, Adam Peterson um, as well. Continue the good fight, brother. Um, from my church hometown in Pensacola, uh, Elder Lance Bonner. Shout out to you, sir. And then also want to shout out Israel and the brothers in the UK. So we have yeah. so many people that have been listening to us and interacting with us. And we just wanted to mention some names simply because we want to let you know that while you may feel invisible, while you may feel discouraged, the Lord sees each one of your comments. The Lord sees your heart. And uh, we see it as well. We We're not omniscient, you. but what we can see, we don't always get to to point out. But thank you guys so much for making Pass the Mic what it is. Okay. So now, had to get that out the way, Jamar. Sorry about that. That's but, important. Um, all right. Let's get into it. So BJ, you interacted with Dr. James White originally. and. Yeah. Your initial thoughts, because we haven't had you on just to give your initial thoughts. I actually found out about it through your post. Yeah. Um, so you were like the news source for <laughs> the BJ is always on it. What were your initial thoughts, BJ? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, because because originally I don't think you were really antagonistic yeah. as much as you were just grieved by what you saw. Correct. Yeah. 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 No, I um, you know, my initial thoughts was just um, man, just one of heartbreak. 
man, I um, just, you know, by disclaimer, man, I have personally met, interacted with and gleaned from um, uh, Dr. White and uh, men have, you know, really appreciated Alpha Omega Ministries. I mean, it may not hold a prominence um, in my um, theological formation, but it's definitely um, helped shape my understanding of, you know, communicating a Christian worldview to the world. And, and I think that's important. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things that, that oftentimes we can do is we can villainize and demonize others um, and everything that they say we disregard. And I think that it is extremely important that there are voices in a variety of circles bringing clarity to, you know, the gospel. And that that's important. And so, no, so I, I want to say that by way of disclaimer, I think just reading what he said, um, not only did, was it unbecoming um, of um, an elder, um, one who is able to properly handle the word of truth, um, but it was dehumanizing and it was degrading for him to um, assess a teenager based off of this, the, his skin tone and a few actions and to um, assert that he would abort his children and leave the rest fatherless based off of his own assertion. So, yeah, I was just initially just grieved by what was said and almost kind of in shock. And I, and I wouldn't would not have responded further had not had I not seen him become very um, defensive, antagonistic towards my brothers who were trying to express that grief. Um, and I knew that at that moment that someone with a little bit more maturity needed mm-hmm. to respond. Otherwise, the conversation would just go left, which it ended up ultimately going left. So, yeah, I, I just want to say, actually, because, Jamar, you did a great job of pointing out some of, you know, your thoughts and, and they Absolutely. were mine as well in the previous podcast. But, you know, personally, the same thing that BJ is referring to as far as the impact that Dr. White has had on my life. Yeah. Um, used him in a number of different categories for encouragement and for reference. So I'm Absolutely. not interested in ad hominems or anything of that nature, but just want to, uh, uh, you know, affirm that he did have an impact on my life, which was the impetus for, I think, the disappointment and the discouragement Absolutely. from the post. Now, one of the things that he comes on and says in his response on the dividing line, which is his podcast, he mentions something about history. And, and I wanted to kind of draw out this point. I want to draw out a couple of points that he mentions. And I yeah. think this has a broader context as well. So, BJ, as someone who knows history, understands history, Dr. White makes the assertion that history promotes different standards of moral decency yeah. than what we have today. But then he essentially says that history doesn't have much bearing on the individuals in the African-American experience today. So does history play a part or does it not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll start by just sharing a story. You know, one of the things that I do, um, if you're not familiar with my ministry, um, you know, I have a ministry that serves couples um, and I am a speaker and I do a lot of counseling. And um, one of the things that, you know, you learn through counseling and serving couples is that it's not just their present, it's their past um, that's shaping most conflicts. And so, you know, you may have a, a spouse that may be withdrawn from their spouse and, you know, extremely explosive in, um, you know, confrontations. And, and what you do is, is once you get to, you know, discovering more about the person, instead of trying to dissect their behavior, and we look at the, the systemic issues that have caused them to behave the way that they have, or in other words, the worldview, right? And you find out the person may have been abused, abandoned, um, and you work at the root, not at the symptom, right? And so 
I think that even just as an apologist, um, what's really academically dishonest is if you're trying to articulate a particular worldview, you look at its origins. I mean, the atonement has doesn't have as much bearing without acknowledgement that historically there was a man named Adam and he disobeyed God and brought sin into the world, right? So right, right. I think it's academically dishonest. Um, I was extremely shocked for him to say that. But I also recognize this, um, even in the notion of total depravity, you know, one thing that I think people have discredited and discounted because we are so quick to demonize and villainize one another is that um, I agree with total depravity, which, by the way, came up, came from a North African, um, just to be clear. Um, but I believe in total depravity. All things are impacted by sin. And it's so strange that Dr. White doesn't believe that the sinful past of um, America has shaped the present reality of people of color, which they have consistently impacted. And so I thought it was academically dishonest, um, but I, I understand that it's hard for us to see. And it was disappointing, not that he didn't fully understand and grasp, it was disappointing that he could not admit that maybe there's some things I don't understand. Um, and if I was to openly be honest about these things, it will cause me to grieve. It will cause me to share um, pain. Um, it will cause me to acknowledge true history. Mm. And then it will cause me to have to bear the burden of my brothers and sisters and not necessarily deflect. So, so. yeah, that, that's what I would say is I, I just felt like it just wasn't consistent. And it was really strange for him to say that given his acknowledgement and even his apologetics of Islam, Jehovah's Witnesses, anybody you could think of, he has to play into part history in order to build that worldview. Well, right on cue, we have the one and only Alan Noble, who has just hey, joined Noble, us. Hey, Noble, what up, man? How are you? <laughs> Good. Now the technology got worked out. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yes. man. Loud Great. and clear. Yeah, I think that historical context is vastly important because ultimately history is about truth-telling. We tell yeah. the stories about people and places and events, and the reality is that when it comes particularly to African-American history— we have not told the stories broadly enough or often enough mm -hmm. other than the, you know, the high points like Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King and aspects of the NAACP. Mm. But there's so much more to the story. And that's at the macro level. There's a micro level as well. This young man that Dr. White referred to, he has a story as well. And it's Absolutely. a context. It's not an excuse. I think one of the major issues about uh, Dr. White's rebuttal that he brought up was that um, somehow the people who were critiquing him were were either excusing or even condoning the behavior of this young man yeah. when he flipped off the cops yeah. and, and littered. And that's not it at all. We're simply saying, at least right. I'm simply saying, don't condemn the young man based on Absolutely. a snippet of, of life that you've seen from him. So, yeah, so yeah, man. Right. Yeah. I just want to get in Dr. Allen and then we'll kick it back to you, BJ. Okay. Um, so you interacted with the post, um, Allen. And for those of you who don't know, Allen is professor at Oklahoma Baptist University and also the co-founder and editor-in-chief, one of our favorite outlets, Christ and Pop Culture. Um, now, you interacted with the post originally as well, and you had some strong thoughts. Um, give us your initial reaction to the post and why you felt compelled to speak as someone who is, according to Dr. White's own categorization, melanin-challenged. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, I mean, f- for me, I think a lot about this concept of hoping all things, which is what we're called to do if we love. And uh, the question that, that that came to my mind when I read that was, is Dr. White, is he really hoping all things of this of this kid? And I don't, I don't see how you can read that post and come away thinking that he did. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems to me pretty clear that he, instead of hoping all things for this boy, uh, actually did the opposite. He kind of uh, wrote him off, dismissed him, said, "Well, he's, you know, I, I, I've witnessed this kid for five minutes, and now I know no, his no, no, life no. story for twenty seconds. For twenty seconds. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and now I know his story. And and Okay, he, he couches it in language of, well, there's a, a probability, 70% chance yeah. that – but very quickly, that language shifts to he is filled with arrogance and disrespect for authority. Well, you know, maybe during those 20 seconds, but how do you know – maybe that was an aberration. Maybe the kid mm-hmm. is uh, – I mean you have no idea. Yeah. And, that's, and that's really – fundamentally, there's, there's this un, – an unwillingness to – consider that that maybe the kid was just having a bad day and that doesn't excuse what he did yeah but but what it does mean is you can't write him off as some statistic yeah um and so uh, christians are called to hope all things this is part of what it means to love and so when you see someone acting in a way like that that young man did uh, I think the Christian thing to do, the charitable thing to do is not to assume yeah. that he's going to grow up uh, to contribute to societal problems, yeah. uh, but to hope and maybe, I don't know, pray that um, that that this is just a momentary thing, that he's going to grow out of it. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what really uh, <laughs> disturbs me about that. That's one of the things that really disturbed me about that post. Yeah. Wow. BJ, get in. Yeah. Um, thank you, Dr. Noble. And um, I think more than anything is, um, you know, we we don't recognize that at the at the cross, there's room to confess. Um, one mm. thing that I love about Tabidi, I mean, he gave uh, he was doing an interview with Wado and he just said, you know, many of us don't recognize how much room there is at the cross. And so, you know, we deny mm. and we deflect things. And, yeah. you know, one thing I think um, was very indicative is that you know, we don't believe that we have all been infected by this thing called sin. Yeah. Um, and we don't believe that it has made its way. You know, recently, I mean, you check your sources, I mean, it was found to be that the war on drugs was yeah. targeted specifically mm. for hippies and people of color. Uh-huh. And again, for a long time, many have have said, hey, this feels like a war on people of color. Right. Um, and they've been shushed. They have been... Um, they have been denied. They have been called race baiters. And now objectively, um, you know, in counter to what Dr. White said he would do. Now, let me just side note, uh, this is a side note rant. It's indicative of his academic dishonesty that he would state a stat and then outright deny and say, denounce the fact that he would even listen to social studies, historical narrative. I go, man, this is really, this is interesting. I don't know who gave you your PhD, but you cannot assume and read into stats void of historical context, right. um, social. I was like, who, who gave you this doctorate for you to believe that that's academically honest? You can't even interpret stats like that. And I thought it was really strange that a doctor would do that. So again, that's my side rant. Yeah. This, to, and, and this to bring the back to the larger picture. I don't think 
that the larger story for us is Dr. White. I think that the larger story is we're at a pivotal point in culture where we're unavoidably colliding. We're unavoidably yeah. colliding with narratives and with people. Mm. And because of our defenses, our defenses have been stats, stereotypes, um, and media propaganda. And now we're running into contact with real people yeah. who are presenting different narratives unlike our own. And that's why it should cause real humility in us, that, yeah. that I should not discredit the vantage points of a Dr. White. Mm. I should not discredit the vantage points um, of a Jamar Tisby. I should not discredit the vantage point of an Alan Noble. And I should be open enough to say, you know what? Anybody with power, absolute power, absolutely corrupts. And if if we look at history unbiasedly, man, post-civil rights, I mean, we got a war on drugs. We have the ghetto being created to create a certain outcome. You say, I don't know where this came from. And yeah. all I would ask is this. I don't ask that we see it all. I don't see it all. Correct. All I ask is that we have enough humility to say, you know what, I don't see it, but let's learn this together. And I think yeah. what it showed to me was a stubbornness, an arrogance, and a poor example of what Christian maturity looks like, where we say, man, we're going to carry each other's burdens, even if it's tough. Yeah. Can I, you know, I think this is, you, you make some really important points there about narrative. And um, one of the things that I, that I, you know, I don't know if I, I don't recall if Dr. White was saying this or just some of his supporters, but there is a response to that that I think needs to be addressed. And that response is, well, when you emphasize narrative, really, this is a, this is a postmodern relativistic approach. What you're really saying is there's not a truth with a capital T. There's just lowercase t truths, and then everything's relative, and so it's just about who's more powerful. And Absolutely. and so then the then the argument is, well, uh, shaming, public shaming, yeah. is a form of power used to suppress people. And and I think that's what Dr. White felt was going on with him was that yeah. people who were criticizing him on social media, myself included, were shaming him yeah. uh, by pointing these things out and and I think we, I want to just reject that 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 whole notion of narrative mm -hmm. as subjectivist as relativistic as postmodern um, mm -hmm. <laughs> narrative means embodied truth yeah Christians you know we believe in the incarnation and that's the kind of truth that we believe in we believe in embodied truth yeah truth mm -hmm. is objective but as fallen finite humans we don't have that objective truth. Yeah, we yes. have embodied truth. And uh, so that requires, as you said, BJ, that requires that we talk to people Absolutely. We, that we come, we approach. And, and, and I'm saying this myself. Uh, we we approach issues with humility. And uh, and so what we're talking about is not an ethnic Gnosticism. Yeah. <laughs> Can you unpack that idea? Because. Yeah. That use is it's blanketing. And I'm not sure if listeners even yeah. understood what was occurring when he used that term to describe. Yeah. What was he doing at that point? Because so some people don't even know what Gnosticism <laughs> was. This is what I know, but many yeah. people don't know what Gnosticism is. Yeah. What, why even use that to describe? Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's lots of reasons why he might do that. Uh, one thing is that Gnosticism, since the early church, has been uh, an enemy of the gospel and uh, has been spoken out against. Gnosticism... Yeah. 
it's a very difficult thing to get a handle on. There's no single concept of Gnosticism. There's actually just lots of different branches, lots of different teachings. And sometimes Gnosticism means that there is a uh, obscure knowledge that only an elite group has, and they have the secret knowledge that will give them insight into spiritual things. And so that's how Dr. White's using it. And his argument is if you tell a white person like himself that he cannot speak about issues of race because he doesn't have that secret knowledge of because he's white, uh, that's a kind of Gnosticism. Okay. And uh, I guess he can use that phrase. It's it's not uh, – it seems like a real a, – a big stretch to call that a kind yeah. of Gnosticism. Yeah. And what, what struck me was that this idea that truth is not embodied is, in fact, itself a kind of Gnosticism. It's right. this idea that mm-hmm. truth is uh, abstract and uh, it doesn't exist in the material world. Yeah. And that's, that's not true. That's yeah. just fundamentally not true. So it is a biblical thing. It is part of our Christian worldview that we believe truth is embodied. Absolutely. Uh, I think – Go ahead. There, there, so, so kind of zooming out from just Dr. White's post and the response, you know, yeah. and, and to the teachable moment of all of this, I think one thing that Christians especially, but everyone in general, need to needs to understand is the difference between intent versus impact. So when Absolutely. I can talk imagine about it, talk about it. when Dr. White wrote that post, he had a specific intent. And I can imagine that one of yeah. his intent was not to offend people racially. Okay. And I agree with that. Totally agree. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and there's lots of lots of examples that all of us do it. We say something yeah. and we intend one thing, but it impacts in a different way than we intended. And it's the impact that we have to deal with. So the reality of the matter is when we post things on Facebook, on Twitter, social media, wherever, a blog post, and we intend one thing, but we see a very strong reaction that's, that, that's, that's the impact. It's the impact that we have to deal with. And so I would hope that for myself, this to be true, and for especially brothers and sisters in Christ, that it would be true, that we understand the difference between saying, look, Hey, I did not mean it that way, but I can see it hurt yeah. you, and I apologize for that. I could have, yeah. I could have done it different. Help me understand the impact yeah. it had on you as an act of solidarity, as an act of love, yeah. and walking with my brothers and sisters. So, if we understood even that much, you know, this this yeah. this would have been a and can still be a redemptive moment. Yeah. Let me add one thing to this. And I've, I've thought really deeply about this. You know, we use the Bible. He said there's no way the Bible can be read, read through ethnic lenses. Oh, man. And it's such a it, it, you know, when you hear Simon the Cyrene um, and different geographies mentioned, it is to color the Bible. It is into blanket the Bible um, with with gray eyes. And, and it's because God is the God of all people, not it's just mm-hmm. the God of just a globe, right? Um, and so we see the beauty of that, but we also see unity in the cross. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we learn from the apostles, and I love the biblical narrative, people aren't perfect. They make mistakes. King David made mistakes. Um, you know, different kings made mistakes, different, you know, people who were um, apostles and the church, even the early church in Acts 6, man, they didn't even recognize that they were neglecting the Greek widows, right? Um, and, and they were they were called or challenged to see that. Yeah. And instead of the apostles going, you guys are ethnic Gnostics, 
they recognize, well, may, maybe we are biased in this arena. And all they did was designate deacons to serve the people. Yeah. Same things happened with X8. God showed up and he showed Peter that he was strongly biased towards the Gentiles. And he said, don't you tell me what's clean that, that isn't clean. Yeah. And so he sent him to Cornelius's house. And then Galatians 2, you can be a Christian and miss it. Paul watched him mm -hmm. act in accordance to a bias. And what did he say? He didn't say Peter was, you know, he, Peter couldn't say Paul was being a racial Gnostic. What he said was Peter was not acting in accordance to the gospel. And so, again, all of us as brothers and sisters have to recognize, you know what? We can hold blind spots. We can be Jonah, be pious and still biased. And that's why we need not just a supernatural knowledge. We need to have brothers and sisters that do not look like us. Hence the councils of the third and fourth century so yeah. that we can conclude God's mind and not the will of man. And so, again, the, the thing for the listeners, this the biblical accounts give so many things. But because we have not been taught to value anything that would challenge some of our own presuppositions. Right. Right. Yeah. That that we won't even allow that. And I was very disappointed in Dr. White for mentioning that that we can't no longer challenge him and not on a basis of emotionalism. He said he wouldn't even listen to history. And I thought that was disappointing that the gospel is applied biblically with, with historical narratives. Absolutely. So the, so the gospel has to be applied contemporarily with historical narratives. Yeah. And there's no way you can have mature meanings from it. So again, there is a way for you and I to posture ourselves in solidarity that's not emotional, that's bent in Christ, but it requires us dealing with our past and then applying God's word to that. And again, it's going to sting. For our African and African American brothers and sisters, you're going to grieve. It's going to grieve you. You're going to be hurt. Yeah. You're going to be bitter, but stay in the fight. Don't leave the fight, right? Because these are your brothers and your sisters. Yeah. For my majority culture brothers and sisters, white brothers and sisters, it's going to embarrass you. You're going to look back at real history and it's going to embarrass you because you can't fathom the type of evil that has occurred and has impacted us today. Stay in the fight because that's the beauty of the church is that we acknowledge the real evil of humanity hmm. and we become a, a colony of light to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I just want to I want to talk about one thing in particular. I want to kick it to you, Dr. Noble, because you've done a really great job of educating yourself on different avenues and sources as we, you know, as I've gotten to know you over the past year, year and a half. And Dr. White speaks um, very confidently about the fact that critics of his viewpoints have been silent about certain topics. He says, namely, um, fatherlessness, the God-ordained family in minority communities, abortion, disrespect to authority, now, for, from you observing from the outside looking in, yeah. is that something that you see consistently that we as black and reformed people have failed to talk about? Or is, is that something that may be due to Dr. White's proximity to the black community? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see that at all. I feel like these issues are are dealt with. They might not be addressed in the way the Dr. White would address them, but they're being addressed. Yeah. Um so I don't and, and and me as as someone who also was a critic of, of that post that he made. I mean, I've talked about abortion and black community. I've written about it and, yeah. and not received any flack for that. So, you know, I think 
I think there is a, a larger phenomenon. There are places, there are people on the internet, uh, in particular, who um, who do go too far. I would say, in saying you know who can talk about racial issues and what's Absolutely. allowed, and and so I think maybe you know. Political correctness, I, I think it's an over – it's absolutely – it's blown out of proportion as a problem, but it is yeah. a thing. There, there is a problem, and there are times when people are being silenced when they're talking about legitimate issues because of uh, political correctness. And, and, yeah. and so I think Dr. White is, is picking up on that very real phenomenon. Absolutely. I think he's probably just – honestly, I think he's just confusing it with the work done by – uh, you guys and, and many other people, which absolutely fall into those those problems, and so I'll, I want to I want to sympathize. I want to acknowledge. I know where he's coming from, but also say that's not the reality that we're talking about right here. Right. Yeah. That's good. So yeah. Mark, we're we're going to wrap this up. But what I want to do is is a is a lightning round. Just quick final thoughts from everyone. Got it. And uh, we will start with you, Tyler. I do want to mention one thing that um, kind of piggybacks off what what Dr. Noble is uh, was just talking about. And it's just this idea that um, Dr. White said in a very prominent portion of the podcast, he said, you know, how can you be silent about these things? And then a minute later said he wasn't going to listen to any webcasts or podcasts and such. Um, Tell him. And I just want to to point out. Just a few of the places where Rand in particular and Pastor Mike have spoken about these things. If you take, for example, abortion, we did an entire podcast on Planned Parenthood on July 25th of last year. We did articles on Planned Parenthood on July 21st and August 12th and July 30th. Um, we talked about fatherlessness on the podcast January 16th of this year. Um, we also wrote articles about it March 18th of this year, February 1st of this year. If you want to talk about hip hop, we did an entire podcast on hip hop and its misogyny February 26th of this year. Um, we posted an article about it February 2nd of this year. So for him to say, in essence, you can't say that you guys aren't talking about this and then say, I'm not going to listen to the podcast and articles yeah. and websites where you do talk about this. Yeah. And so I would invite people to to rem to remember that you can't sit in a silo and then complain that there's no sky. You can't, you can't ignore people and then say you're not talking about it. Um, I would invite you to go to randnetwork.org yeah. and listen to Pasta Mike, not just yeah. because it's a self-serving uh, identity. As a matter of fact, listen to f The Front Porch and listen to yeah. Jude 3 and listen to yeah. Kingdom Diversity and all these other friends of the show as well. Who are, who are shedding light on these issues that we say are ignored. So that would be my yeah. charge is that if you have yeah. any questions that you would come close in proximity and see where we really stand. That's Absolutely. good. BJ. Let me just speak on quickly. There is a real thing called minority fatigue. Mm, and preach. it is have the need to have to communicate when under attack. Um, oftentimes, I mean, there is this there are presuppositions about being a person of color and Dr. White alluded to it. Um, you know, there's, there's just a point where you go, that's not okay for you to say you're perpetuating something damaging with a biased view, ungodly view of the gospel. So one, I would just say one of the reasons why there's minority fatigue and people inbox me, text me all the time with this is because we're not willing to be reeducated. C.S. Lewis said this, 
Christianity is an education in and of itself, right? Okay. We have to relearn life, relearn the world, yeah. and we have to relearn the world, not just Bible, but Bible as it relates to geography, history, science, relationships, love. We're watching, we, we have to relearn life, and we have to use tools, and we have to, to do a search for ourselves and then collectively discuss it. And so I would just say for my listeners out there, um, if you are not willing to research, to take helpful um, resources from minority leaders, then all you do is add to the fatigue by asking questions that become opinionated conversations. One book that I would recommend everyone read, and I've said this mo numerous times, one, read outside of your ethnic group. Yeah. That's first thing. Huge. Second, second thing is start with this book called Divided by Faith. Yes. By Emerson. He does yes. a great job yeah. of articulating this worldview. The reason why we don't see systems is because we assume ourselves as individuals yeah. and we can't see how we actually blindly participate in something. Pick up Divided by Faith. Start well-educating yourself. Don't read books that degrade humanity because they, they, they reveal demonic activity um, from people. Right. So, again, pick up those books. And that's what I would say. Don't add to black fatigue <laughs> by not being well read or even willing to look into resources. And then you inbox me or at Dr. Noble or Jamar. And now we're, the onus is on us to explain something that you should be willing to participate in. The last thing I would say is this. Dr. White made this point and I don't want to wear him out. This will be the last time I, I use his name in this podcast um, that issues of culture are predominantly seen in black culture. And that is just not true. Mm -hmm. um, there are broken families everywhere. I, yeah. I do counseling yeah. with every type of person under the sun. Every last one of us has a form of brokenness because of sin. Mm -hmm. And it is ungodly and unrighteous and even and very biased to assert that the most brokenness happens in the black community. No, brokenness happens across the globe yep. um, in every community. And I think that before we begin to try to highlight and villainize one another, um, we need to empathize and recognize that it's part of our job to carry the burdens. That's right. That's good. Alan Noble, final thoughts. You know, I think as uh, discouraging as these last few days have been, I think uh, it's it, it's kind of an exciting time to be a part of the church because I feel Amen. that there is uh, with with people in the church, especially younger people, but not exclusively. There is a call. There is a movement to to recognize that our faith is an embodied faith. And, and that means that uh, it's more complex than we understand and that there's a history that we need to understand. And, and uh, I, I see that in my own denomination, the PCA working to recognize its own, uh, its own actions in the past and how it's related to uh, racism and civil rights. And uh, th that's exciting. And uh, this show is exciting. Um, it's hard. It's hard to change. And um, I guess what I would what I would say is that I hope people who maybe are listening to this and skeptical and maybe tuned in just to 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 find something to disagree with or to figure out why why this is wrong and, and maybe Dr. White is right. Um, just just entertain the possibility that 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 there is more to the story. And amen. Uh, Pray about it and, and see, because that's the first step. If you're not going to be willing to consider 
uh, an alternative, uh, you're not going to go anywhere. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, so please just try that. <laughs> so my, my, my final thoughts are related, I think, uh, somewhat to BJ's and in, in this idea of fatigue. Uh, w- one of the things that I think we ought to remember, because as a black male, I'm used to getting labeled because of my demographic. I'm used to people telling my whole story just from a glance. And uh, that's done in, in, in countless ways, both major and minor, uh, throughout my entire life. And so, and, and we do this as human beings. We put people into little boxes. And so, and so what I would hope, especially for this young man who is in the video, is that we look to Jesus, our Savior, and we ask ourselves, how did, Jesus, how did Jesus treat the unrighteous versus how he treated the self-righteous? How did he treat the unrighteous versus the self-righteous? So, so, so if somebody is doing wrong in your perception or, or, or even just measured according to the biblical standard, doing wrong, that is wrong. That yeah. is wrong, and we're not excusing right. it. But for the people Jesus caught doing wrong, for instance, the woman in adultery, he said to the, the folks who wanted to stone her, he who is without sin, cast the first stone. And then we know what happened. He says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, no one. Then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That should be our response to unrighteousness, as opposed to the self-righteous. He says, you, you tithe, mint, and dill, and cumin, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law, the loving part, the mercy part. And so I would hope that we remember that whenever we see anyone, regardless of their skin color. And lastly, I'll yeah. say this. The, the fatigue is real, and, and I'm so thankful that we have the Spirit to lift us up, because without the power of the Spirit indwelling us, none of us could do the ministries that we're involved in. And so we have victory. We, we can persevere in this. Amen. At the same time, That's right. Amen. I, am, I am very, I am baffled. Alan on here was a strategic choice, because he was vocal in the midst of this controversy as a white person, as someone who's part of the dominant culture. And if you're Melanin challenge, say MC. I'm sorry. I got to get it right. MC melanin challenge. If, if your commitment to racial justice isn't costly in some way, shape or form, how committed are you? And for the people, especially with writing ministries and speaking ministries and platforms, I just don't know, you know, when is it when is it time when is it time i think now's the time so that's it thank you all for being on the show uh appreciate you and and all your comments and all your thoughts so let's do this again also these conversations are ongoing we have a a special pass the mic group it's a closed group you have to uh request permission but we want you to be part of that so go to facebook request permission and you can join the ongoing discussion so we appreciate you for joining the show and we'll see you soon on the next pass the mic You've been listening to Pass the Mic, a Pottery production. To find out more about this and other shows, visit Pottery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.